Ever quit a job? Ever redefine yourself within one? Ever started something you won big or failed? Quit is a call-in show helping people start out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. So usually this is a call-in show. It's a live show, of course. And if you want to call in today and, uh, and talk to us, and I'll tell you who us is in a second, you can do that by dialing 512-518-5714. Again, number to dial 512-518-5714. I have a special guest today. This is, a big, this is big time. Addy, you know how I know it's big time? You can get on mic if you want. You know oh, how, oh, I know it's big time. You know how, how I know it's big time? It's because this guy's in all the papers. He's mm-hmm. in all the, there's a lot of press about this guy. I'm looking at one right now. And uh, this is a young man that I, I knew. I saw, him, I saw him coming up from nowhere and uh, made a name for himself. Now one of the most, I would say, I think it's safe to say that Tim Van Dam is one of the most well-known and respected uh, designers around. Wouldn't, isn't that true, Tim? Welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you. Uh, I think it's safe to say you don't have to have, feel like, you know, you don't have to be modest here. We don't deal with modesty on this show. You're a big, uh, you're a big name now. You get a PR agent. You don't want me to talk about your PR agent. <laughs> I don't have I'm a not, PR agent. Now I feel like I need one. I'm, I'm not a modest guy, but I would say that introduction was, you were giving me too much credit. No, you've got, I mean, you, you're, so here's the, here's the reason why you're in the papers. You're in the papers. Well, you know what? I will, I'll read back to you from your own blog post on this site that you do called Max Voltar, which we'll talk about maybe that later too. And here's what you write. The, the t- title is Hello Dropbox. And no, it's not an article about how you're backing up your files. It says, Friday will be my last day at Instagram. The past 18 months were some of the best. This is you. Some of the best of my life, both personally and professionally. I've had the opportunity to work with some of the brightest minds in the business on an app that transformed the way people interact with each other every single day and also made a lot of new friends. But... It's time to move on, time to solve a different set of problems. You're taking some time off, and then you're going to work at Dropbox in August. This is kind of interesting, and you know what? Like, this is a big deal. First of all, why do you think, as the guy in the, in the center of all this, lots of people have been writing about this, lots of articles, but why is it such a big deal? So some designer quit one place and went to work at another. So what? Why is it a big uh, deal? I think because it doesn't really make sense for me to leave Instagram at this point. And that's been a, that's like that's a question I've been getting a lot the past couple of days. Like, why do you want to leave Instagram? And I'm like, well, that's the wrong question. Uh, I think the right question is, why do you want to join Dropbox? Because I have absolutely nothing negative to say uh, about my whole experience at Instagram. I love the people. I love the product. Uh, good challenges, but it's just that uh, I'm I'm feeling. I got too comfortable with, with my position and I feel like I've given Instagram everything I've got. And for me to continue growing, I need to step out of my, my little comfort zone and, and, and joining Dropbox that seemed like the, the perfect way to do that. It's interesting to me because when I say you've been there 18 months, yeah. And how did, where did you, not going too far back, but can you give us the story that was the kind of, I think it's kind of an interesting story of how you wound up at Instagram and what you were doing before that. Cause you were right here in Austin, Texas and doing something completely different 
before yeah. that. Well, can you give us kind of a, because I think there may be two, maybe three people in the audience who don't know who you are or who don't know why this is a big deal, but, uh, but maybe you can tell them. All right. So, um, about three and a half years ago, I contacted a, a small company in Austin called Goala. They were looking for a designer and, uh, I was interested in moving to the U S. So I, I, I sent Josh Williams an email like, Hey, I know this might be a long shot, but do you want to talk about me joining the team, moving to the U.S.? Uh, and to my big surprise, he was like, yeah, cool. How about we fly you over for a week so we can do like a tryout? I'm like, okay. Um, so with the tryout, that was awesome. Like, uh, I, I worked together really well with their team. Uh, I loved Austin. Started the visa process. Uh, a year later, we moved to the U.S. And I started working full-time for Goala. From, from their office. Um, fast forward eight months after that, um, Facebook came in and they they basically acquired Guala. Um, uh, I wasn't part of that acquisition. And at that point, my wife was eight months pregnant. So I was like, damn, I, I kind of need a new job. <laughs> um, so were you essentially, like when you say you weren't part of the acquisition, there is uh, when so when Facebook acquired Guala, mm -hmm. some of the people stayed on, and yes. some of the people did not stay on. And you're saying you were one of the people who was not going to be staying on. Yes, correct. So you you needed to find a job. Yes, and fast. So, um, I send a direct message on Twitter to Kevin Sisram uh, from Instagram, um, and then two phone calls later. And an online contract signing. I was working for Instagram all of a sudden. So boom, there you are. Instagram. Seems like, you know, again, people in the audience, these are these are the kinds of companies. The people, I would think, developers, designers, everybody like that. Uh, this is like the dream job for a lot of people. Uh, I can understand, you know, I can understand why somebody would be thinking, man, th this guy had it made over at Instagram. That's like <laughs> the app to have. Why, why not just stay there? I mean, why? So you don't feel challenged. Well, big deal. Like you've got an awesome job. You're working in a cool place. You live in a cool city. What was this motivating factor for you that made you want to challenge yourself? It made you want to say, yeah, I've got this great thing and I have no complaints about it, but there's this maybe more exciting, challenging thing. A lot of people get scared by that, Tim. A lot of people would think, <laughs> no way am I going to give, I've got, I've got this solid gold egg right here. I'm not walking away from that. Why walk away? Oh, it was a, it was a scary decision. Um, I just, I don't want to, I don't feel like settling yet. Um, and I feel like I can do some cool stuff at, at other companies um, before I'll eventually sell. Like we, Past couple of years, we moved to uh, one side of the U.S. We had a baby. We moved to the other side of the U.S. I switched jobs. Um, we've been in a constant state of of moving on, moving on, moving on, and and like, um, I think like we're not ready to buy a house yet. I think that's like. Does that can, seem like a bigger step than having a baby to you, though, Tim? Oh, you can take a baby with you wherever you go. <laughs> I would love to have a house. Buying a house is a piece of cake compared to having a baby. <laughs> I wish I could have a house that I could take 
wherever I want to go in the world with me. Like that would be a, a great invention, but I don't know. I don't know where I want to, where I want to live. I don't know where I want to settle. I don't know like geographically or at what company or at what point or, um, yeah, things are still moving. And, and I think that right now that's, that's the way that makes sense. So where, uh, where is Dropbox located? Uh, they're in downtown San Francisco. They're so you actually, don't have to move that far. Cause you're, are you up in Mountain View? No, no, no. Uh, we're living in San Francisco right now. Oh. So, uh, for the past, uh, ever since we moved the team to, to the Facebook office, uh, which is, uh, nine months now, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, I've been commuting about 10 hours a week. Oh my gosh. That's see, yeah. that's a lot of time in a car, in a car or on your bike, uh, on a shuttle, on a shuttle. So yeah, at least the, you can be kind of productive on there. Uh, or you take a shuttle nap nice. twice a day. Yeah. But that's um, a lot of time. There's a lot of people, I think, in this audience who can feel the frustration that can come from that kind of thing. The people who are, you know, stuck in traffic. I remember myself for years and years. Yeah. Um, you know, being like being in a car and listening to crappy. This is before the days of podcasting, listening to crappy radio and being stuck in a car for, you know, a 30, 45 minute commute each way. And that'll no, take fi- a toll on you. Facebook tries to make it as pleasant as possible. Like their luxury private shuttles with Wi-Fi on it, nice leather seats. Uh, like you can read or you can read a book uh, or you can work or you can take a nap, whatever. So it, that was never, it's not a, it's not a big deal at the end because um, in the morning uh, it gives you 45 minutes to an hour to, to change from family mode to work mode. And in the evening uh, you do the opposite thing. So by the time I got home uh, in the evening, I was I was fully prepared to like start my second half of the day with my wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean that transition is something Merlin Mann has talked about on Back to Work too, where you know even if it's just that that drive in a car, or even if it's you know if if it's a fifteen or twenty minute walk, you know it's something that helps you transition, and that's something else you before you did all of this stuff, you were doing your own design stuff. You were an independent kind of freelance designer, a little, a little company. Wasn't it made by elephant? Is that, that was you? Yeah, correct. That was my, my little one man freelance company. Yeah. And so you did that. And if you, if you go right, I'll put this in the show notes, by the way, the show notes are at five by five TV slash quit slash 32, where we have news articles and other things all about Tim and the other things that we'll be discussing today. Um, Made by Elephant is currently not accepting any new projects. That's correct. You're not. <laughs> You're not doing that anymore. And that's so, but it, look at that. I mean, that's a nicely designed site, even though it's just the one thing, even though it's just a little elephant. And how does, so how does somebody like you, who's a designer, who goes into, um, you know, in, in, into what is essentially now iOS development, how can you be involved in all of that uh, transition where you're like, okay, I'm a designer. I'm doing traditional design work. Do you, how do you make that transition to something that I would think is like a completely different kind of a space doing iOS development? I mean, you're well, not writing the code. You're doing the design for it, but you were like a web guy. Yeah, I was a web designer and now I'm a, well, I think the best word for it is a mobile designer or well, basically anything, anything people interact with through touch. That's, that's what I'm interested in. Um, and, and I think the reason I was able to make that transition so fast is just because I was obsessed with that little device, uh, Steve Jobs, 
uh, ha- uh, showed the world uh, <laughs> yeah. in 2006. Like the minute he showed it and the minute there were screenshots available of the, the interface of the iPhone, I was, I was sold and I just knew that, that that was what I wanted to do. So your PR agent probably told you, <laughs> we've got a, okay, let's talk about that. I, I invited, okay, so there is a quit, there is a quit newsletter. And finally, the first issue of this thing finally went out after I've been talking about it for, I don't know, three months. So thanks to everybody who signed up for it. And if you want to sign up for it, 5x5.tv slash quit slash newsletter. It's right there in links. And in the newsletter, I talked a little bit about you. And I said, you know, I've invited him to the show. He hasn't responded yet. Maybe he will. Then you re- the next day you responded to me and you said, I have, I have to talk about this. This is what we, I know you don't want me to talk. He says, I have a PR agent now. <laughs> and I thought at first you were just, you know, pulling my leg. I said, okay, well, let, I said, and I think I actually said to you, if you don't come on the show and talk to me about this, then I, this, I will consider it to be a declaration of war. <laughs> and you reply, I have a PR agent, which I thought was like, you know, like a, like a, a chess move or something. <laughs> but in fact, you actually do. And then I get an introduction email from you and the PR person and, and apparently they approved it. How is it that you know that you need a PR person? Let alone, I don't know how you find one, but how do you how do you feel like you need a PR person? Like, how right. do you know that when when do you wake up one day? Gosh, I better get a PR person. Is it that you're inundated with requests? I mean, what what's the process there for those so, who of us who live in the, the mortal world? Um, well, the idea of having my own personal car person seems seems awesome. Technically, that's that's not true. Um, it's just. Uh, it's Dropbox PR person. And, oh. you know, like you don't know what's, what goes on on these five by five TV shows. That's like, right. we've, seen, we've seen some crazy stuff here. I just wanted to double check like, Hey, is this a good idea? See, that's actually interesting. I thought maybe it was your personal <laughs> PR. I imagine I'm still going to imagine it's your own personal PR person, but this is something that happens when you have a company like Dropbox who's getting insane attention from everybody. Famously the story uh, from the founders that, you know, that Steve Jobs wanted to acquire Dropbox and the famous statement that he supposedly made, which absolutely sounds like something he would have said, is you guys are a feature, not a business. Meaning Dropbox is the kind of thing that should just be integrated into Mac OS 10 and it's it's not a business. And they said, no, we don't want an acquisition. We're not trying to get acquired. We're trying to, and by the way, very successfully uh, at, at this attempt to build a business that's going to be big and going to last and going to have people and creative. Did you get to talk to the founders? How important was this transition to you knowing, knowing the people? How did, you know what I mean? Explain to me, how does this, how does this happen? And what is it like to go and work for a company that's not a business, but just a feature? I very much see it as a business. They make a product, people pay them money, that's a business. Uh, that's a business to me. I agree with you, by the way. So, and what I, was I mean? What, did they invite you? Did you, did you approach them? How was it that you got into this thing? Because not everybody can just call up Dropbox and be like, "Yeah, let me come out there. I'll work with you guys." All right, come on out Monday. I, I approached them. I yeah. sent out some some feelers. Uh, I got in touch with some people I know uh, that work there, and we just got the conversation started. Here's what you say. Again, you say it's time to move on, time to solve a different set of problems. 
Dropbox yeah. is a fascinating company. It provides value to a wide range of people, not just those who build things. I can't wait to learn from all the talented people. I will soon call colleagues. That's how you end your post. And I'll tell you what, I don't know anybody, and this is going to sound weird. I don't know anybody, at least not anybody on a Mac, that's not using Dropbox. Everybody that works with me uses Dropbox. My mom uses Dropbox. Yes, I installed it, but she uses it. You yeah, know, that's, every, that's exciting. Everybody that I know uses this thing. And when it comes down to it, when I get a new Mac and I'm setting this thing up, the very first thing I install on it is Dropbox. Why? Because obviously that's where pretty much all of the data that I know I'm going to need is going to live. The first thing that I put on it, but they should be sponsoring the Tim. They should be. Again, once you get in there, you make sure they sponsor this, this show. The thing is, I install this. And then that's the gateway to everything. If I want to use the Ojimbo, well, my data store is on Dropbox. If I want to use 1Password, my encrypted thing is on Dropbox. You know, everything starts with that. And it's become just the, the, the one thing that I just simply couldn't even imagine living without. I've got it on my phone. I've got it on all the devices. And it's one of those things that at the same time that it plays this critical role, it's, you don't even have to think about it, right? So if there's still people who don't know what drop, is there anyone who doesn't know what Dropbox is, Tim, in the audience? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I know. know. My, my whole family uses it. I never had to set it up on their computers or iPhones. Yeah. So, I mean, Dropbox is for, for people who don't know. It's, it creates a folder. And anything that's in this folder gets synced up to the invisible magical cloud and all of your data is there, but it's also a local file too. So that when you make a change to a local file, it's happening locally and that automatically, whatever changes happen, gets synced up to Dropbox. And then if you have multiple machines, the changes go down to all of those machines that are logged in and the changes are, are immediate. And there are also really wonderful little things that you can do, like roll back to previous versions or bring back a previous version. So like you delete five paragraphs of text from that Word document, and then later on you want to go back and see what you had deleted because it's gone now. Well, you can get that old version back. And it, tons of things like that. And you, you, there's a free version. I'm on a paid version. They have it for, the biz, for business and everything else. It's great so you talk about sets of problems that you want to solve and you talk about being a mobile designer. Can you say what you'll be working on at Dropbox or are they as secretive as Apple is and they don't want you to talk about it? Will you say um, what department you'll be in? Um, I'm not even sure yet. I know that I'll be, de be designing for them. Um, and, and if they, like, if it's the work I'm, I'm doing right now in the same, same line, I'll be, I'll be happy no matter what I'll, end up doing there like do you think could you could you go back to doing web design could you see yourself doing that um i could but my passion is still mobile design and, yeah. and i've been focused on that for so long now that it's actually hard for me to to go back and, and design a website yeah i mean the idea of it i was just talking to somebody about this uh earlier in the week uh they were talking about you know the new website that they're building and I asked them, I said, do you guys, uh, you know, do, do you have, is there a mobile, you know, you're planning an iOS app, essentially. Is that something that you feel like you need to have or that you will have shortly? And, you know, their plan is, yes, I, we're, we will have that, but we're going to do the website first. 
And I keep hearing time and time again from folks, mobile first, mobile first, mobile first. You yeah, know, it, it's, I, I agree with that. So if, if I was telling you, Hey, I've, I've got this great idea for, uh, for a, I might call it a website. Would you actually say, don't do it as a website, do it as an app first? What if it doesn't make sense as an app? You know, are we really seeing the web going away? Because there's tons of designers that listen to this. And I'll tell you what, that's what they're scared of, Tim. They're scared that this thing that they've specialized in for so long is going away. And I'm not talking about building a responsive design of a website. I'm talking about there being no website at all. Instagram has no website. Not really. I mean... Yes, now, and you can do the embeds and things. Okay, but let's just pretend this is six months ago. You know, you could go and see like a couple photos. And the Instagram is an app. It might have a website that's like a, a gateway to it, but the action's in the app, man. Yeah, well, I think it, it, uh, as with everything, it depends on what the project is, what, like what's the goal of it. If it, make, like, it can make more sense to do a website or if it can make more sense to to do an app. I hope you didn't break a glass. No, it's fine. Um, I'm, for, I'm, I'm like a child. I'm not allowed to have glasses in here. I have to have everything in a bottle <laughs> like a child. Cause I will spill it, but it's well, all right. Not everything's for, fine. Everything will be all right. Well, so for a company like Instagram, it makes perfect sense to have, well, to focus on, on an app. And the, the added benefit of that is you need to think like, yeah, you're working for a platform with a lot of restrictions screen size, like the, the amount of, of buttons you can put on, on a screen. And that pushes you to build whatever you want to build as simple as possible and, and basically cut all the features that you want, but you don't need. And if you, if you use that as a starting point for, let's say you want to make a website next, then you end up with, with a, a product that's just a lot more solid and, and, a lot easier to use, a lot easier to explain to people, to sell to people. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely like, again, it depends. Um, you don't, I don't think you need to have a native app unless it makes sense. A uh, responsive website will do as well, but it, it's definitely, it will pay off if you start on mobile. So another thing that you, I think became known for was your, I, I, well, let's just say you're, you're kind of an opinionated guy. <laughs> is that true? I mean, is that safe to say when it comes to things like design, when it comes to things like sharing your opinion, being vocal about your opinions? Yeah, but the, the more experience I gain, the more I realize uh, how, how wrong I was. Oh, excuse me. Tell me about this, because this is something that, that I find to be very interesting. For so long, this is something that I think helped you get your name out there in a way. Tell me, tell me what you're talking about. Are you, are you calming down a little bit in your old age? Uh, I don't think it's the age. It's just <laughs> the fact that I, uh, like I, I the minute I, I changed into this, this more calm person that, uh-huh. that thinks before he talks, that was the minute my daughter was born. Mm. Um, that was, that was really weird actually. Um, but I just learned to think first and like you, you can, um, you can have something to say about an app or a website or a service or, uh, or a design, whatever. But I've learned to think about the people who made it. Mm. Like they put time and sweat and, and all their passion in it. And you can't just go ahead and criticize it and, and point out everything that that's wrong with it. Like 
you got to respect them for doing the work, building any pro- product, like no matter how simple it is, it, that's a lot of work. Um, so you got to, so, right. You can't that. just criticize that because there's people's time involved, right? Yeah. So what you do is you try to give, uh, like good feedback, um, feedback and work with, don't tell them it sucks. Tell them, Hey, what do you think? Like, Give them, give them ideas of how to do it better or just talk them, them through why they made certain decisions because they had their own set of limitations. They had their own, like, uh, maybe they had orders from, from higher up or maybe uh, some things just weren't in the, in the product scope or whatever. Right. Um, so you can't know everything about, like, what happened, what happened behind the scenes. Right, like the declaration of saying that XYZ is fail. You know, th- that happens less and less now. And But for so long, like, oh. That was me. Yeah, yeah that was me for the longest time. Yeah, there's no cancel button on this page. Site is an epic fail. Like, this, that was just what what people would say. And it, it, was, it was terrible. And I think we've all been guilty of something like that from time to time. But it's, it's really interesting to me to see kind of your your trajectory. And I think people, one of the questions that I get asked a lot, and it's not necessarily in the context of, you know, design as much as I've started this thing and maybe the thing is a freelance career or maybe it's a new job or maybe it's this great business that I've built or a web application that I've built or a podcast that I've launched. And people will ask me, uh, how do I get my name out there or how do I get this product out there? How do I get my service out there? And, you know, you're at the point where people are writing an article about you because they're surprised that you're leaving Instagram, but how do they even know about you? (laughs) You know, like, like, yeah, why is he leaving Instagram so soon? But like, who is he in the first place? How did it happen that, that what's your story? Like, how did you get to the point where people would care that you were leaving Instagram after only 18 months? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, what if like ever since I started in the web design or just like the, the, the web world, um, I always try to be helpful to people or just like if anyone would email me or, or ask me a question on Twitter, I would always send them a, a, a response that was, that was honest response that showed that I cared about what they were like the question uh, they had. And I, I, I put time in that. And I think if you do that for, for a long, long time, like for years and years, um, people don't just know you, but they, they, they care about you and they feel like they, they know who you are, what kind of person uh, you are. So somehow along the way, you're, you're saying helping people, it becomes the key to this. Yeah, you, it's interesting. It's interesting that you say that because I can think of people who have helped me over the course of you know my career. I could not compile a list of that. It's too long. It would be too long. You know, you'd be on the list. So many other people would be on the list of any. And you know, this is the kind of thing that the things that you do. As long in the back of your mind, if you're thinking, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do that little extra thing. It might help somebody. Like I still get emails from people for that, you know, stupid image rotator thing that I wrote like 10 years ago for a hive logic that like, you know, you go to a page and every time you load the page, a different image shows up. This is the most basic, silly, stupid thing. But at the time there was 
nobody else had done something like this and released it, you know, it would like, it's such a not big deal, but there are still people who use this and I'll still get emails from people thanking me for it or for the encoder for whatever there, you know, thanks for making that. I definitely, as the representative of five by five, see all of the amazing feedback, um, that, uh, that people get from, uh, you know, from doing these shows that the hosts get, uh, from doing these shows, you know, like people will email me, especially about this show, which makes me so happy. They'll say, wait, this show really, you really are helping people or this really helped me or hearing you talk to this person about this issue really hit home with me. You don't realize, especially if you have even an incredibly small audience, if you've got a Twitter account with 200 followers, that's 200 people like you could help, you know, and it's, it's just such an opportunity uh, that, that people don't realize that they have. And are you saying that you now feel a sense of responsibility around this, like as a, as a prominent designer, as somebody who's, who's got this situation, do you feel that you have, like, is there a sense of responsibility now for you? Um, I feel responsible to, to give the, the right, um, like to set a right, a good example mm-hmm. to other people. Um, it will go a long way. It will like, that will last longer than, than anything you design or you build, whatever. Um, if you teach people to, to care for others and to help out others, um, that will, that's something that, that will continue for 10 or 20 years. Um, it's an investment and it's not about like, I have some secret agenda. Uh, it's just because I genuinely want to be, want to be a, a good person. That's a, another interesting point. I definitely want to come back to that after. Let me do our sponsor, uh, and then we'll come back to that one because that's that's an interesting motivation. The episode, this episode you're hearing, the one with Tim, is brought to you by Squarespace. They are an all-in-one platform to make it really easy to make your own website. Free trial, ten percent off. Go to squarespace.com. The offer code because see on this show, Tim, we talk about the corporate stooge, people who are stuck in a cube, the people who are waking up one morning saying this is not. My beautiful life, Stooge Seven. The number seven is the code S T O O G E Seven. That's at Squarespace.com. You're going to get ten percent off. That's going to make this eight bucks a month. Eight bucks a month, and you get their twenty four seven support. You get the beautiful, responsive sites. You get everything, and you know what they have. I don't know if you know about this, Mister Dropbox, but they have Dropbox integration. So you know. You know how there's these, uh, I'm sure you know, in, in the image gallery stuff that they have on Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Well, you can yeah. set up your Squarespace account so that if you create an image gallery, this is all if you want, you connect this to, to Squarespace and then any of the images that you throw into that image gallery on Dropbox will just show up as an image gallery in Squarespace on your website. And little things like that, they integrate with GitHub. You can connect to uh, you know Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram itself. All of this stuff is built in. And they just added two really awesome templates. All of their templates are completely responsive. Adirondack is my favorite one, and Momentum is another new one. I love these things. And you want to start selling stuff on your site? They got this built in with commerce. They're paired with Stripe to handle the, the transactions. You're just creating a product is just like making a page. Of course, you have to ship it to them, but they make that easy too because they'll do shipping, uh, invoicing. They'll handle all of the uh, all of the stuff with uh, com- you know figuring out postage and everything. It's all there. Everything is there. Squarespace.com 
Stooge7 is the code to use. Please uh, make them happy that they sponsored the show. Being a good person, Tim, what does that mean to you? Um, comes back to like just helping out people, being honest. Um, I don't know. It's just something, it's not a list of things you do. It's just something you, like, it's how you are. So what, what, what's the, why, why be a good person? Why is this a motivation for you? Is this come around when you, when you had the baby, you realize that no, you're that was, leaving a mark on the world? No, I think it was even, even before that. It's I don't want to. I don't want to be seen as a bad person. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm a bad person. Like I, I can, I can, I can talk some shit on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You might bleep that out. No, we. This show is explicit. It's fine. Cool. Um, but that's not how I am. Like uh, people always tell me when when they meet me, like, "Oh, you're you're actually a nice person in real life." I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> that's not what you want to hear, right?" Wow, no. I thought I thought you're a real jerk, and you're actually okay. Yeah, I'm like that. That's interesting because I had no idea that was how people thought of me. So that was interesting. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of the things that happens, and I, I've seen this time and time again, is that if any time that you have some degree of success, and you become even in a, the, you know, we here on the internet live in this strange little microcosm where you can be like a celebrity on the internet. And you're still in the back of the line at Starbucks, you know, like you're not, you're not really a celebrity, but you, you can become somebody who has a nice following on Twitter, somebody who is, you know, known for your work or things that you've said or done. And for some reason going along with that is this philosophy that, well, you, you must be super arrogant and full of yourself because why? Well, you believe that your opinion is right. Most of the time that seems to be the cause of it. And yet at the same time, it's that very thing that maybe has allowed you to gain whatever prominence or whatever, uh, whatever it is that you have that uh, lets people acknowledge you and acknowledge your skills. I think there's tons of people here who then turn around and say, well, I just have to say whatever the hell I think and, and that's how I'm going to get attention. And sometimes that works, but then there's the risk that you've identified, which is people will think that you're a jerk. Can you get where you want to be without having strong opinions and being willing to express them? You can have strong opinions. You just need to be prepared to accept that uh, you might be wrong. Uh, And it all depends on how you communicate those opinions. Um, That's like, that's one thing I learned from working with a team is you need to, like communication, that's is is the most important part of of building products. Like communication with your colleagues and uh, presenting ideas, listening to feedback, um, giving giving feedback. Like like I said before, like don't just say what's wrong. Just say like why why you think it's wrong, and, and uh, talk talk to people through the problem. Or if a certain flow doesn't work, just talk them through it. It's not it's not black and white. Mm. Okay, so what you're going to this Dropbox? Yes. Do you think? Do you think that th- I figure Dropbox has a couple different philosophies for you? If I'm if I'm the guy at Dropbox who hires you, I'm thinking to myself one of a couple things. One, we're the best company like in the whole world, and of course he wants to come work here, and we're thrilled to have him because he's going to be great. So I'm no, I'm not worried. I'm not sweating it. Or 
well, he's a really talented guy and we'd love to have him work here for as long as he can work here. Or, gosh, I hope this guy doesn't leave in 18 months. <laughs> you know, I, I used to switch around jobs all the time. I was uh, back in the, you know, in like the mid, late 90s. I was what, the, what we used to call a consultant. So you'd work with a consulting company and it's not a headhunter. It's different. A consulting company would find you a contract. The contract could be three months, six months, nine months, a year, whatever. And they would send you to that office and you would get paid more or less hourly. And so the consulting company might bill you out at a hundred bucks an hour and you might make 50 bucks an hour. Well, that 50 bucks and you'd get benefits through the consulting company. And that 50 bucks an hour was way more than you would make doing the same job as a full-time employee, but it might come to an end at the end of the three or six or nine months, whatever. Probably would come to an end. And then maybe you wouldn't have another contract right away, but there was no real long-term stability. And when I would tell like my granddad about this, this is a guy who his whole career, he worked for one thing, you know? And I remember when I was younger, the idea of being somewhere for like 18 months, like 18 months seemed like a long time. 18 months. Oh my God. You know, my, my, my little girl's almost two years old. I feel like she was just born. <laughs> 18 months to me does not seem like a long time. Now I'm not saying shame on you. You should have been there longer. Now I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying, do you feel that that's more accepted Tim today in 2013? That it's more accepted to change things up regardless of how great the situation is there that you can work somewhere. Hattie, you're nodding. Get on, get on the mic there. What are you talking about? I don't know. I would say yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you know, people nowadays, it's kind of, you want to be involved with as much as possible, even, and, you know, you want to have good quality of each one, though, at the same time. So it's kind of matching those two things up, I think. Hmm. I don't know. Tim, what do you think about sense. that? What do you think? <laughs> I mean, just is what she's saying correct? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it is, it's almost to a point where it's accepted that people, move jobs quite a bit, uh, in the, in this industry. Um, and I don't think that's, a, that's a bad thing because, of, uh, two, two big reasons. Like every time you switch jobs, uh, that means that you have a whole new set of, 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 of experience mm -hmm. basically with a different problem. And if you, if you continue to your next em employer, um, you'll be worth more almost like you'll be able to do more. You have, you have a better vision of, of the, the bigger picture almost. And on the other on the other side, one of the things I didn't like, and and uh, that's the reason I, I quit freelancing, is because you work on um, you work on a bunch of different products. That's cool, but then you uh, you deliver them, and they basically like the client does with them whatever they want. And um, more often than not, they will launch not the way you expected it to to be. Um, and if you go work for a company. Like you, you can take full responsibility for whatever you're working on. Mm -hmm. um, so you're responsible for it. Uh, you should be you know, like, you should launch something you're proud of. Um, and, and I think 18 months, to two years to three years, whatever. Um, that's a good, like, that's a good time frame to build something, ship it, maintain it, um, make it even better after feedback, whatever. Um, and then move on, which isn't to say like, I, I had this all planned out and I already know like how much longer I'll, I'll be working on my next job. No, it depends on, on many things, but it's definitely more accepted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's, you know, my grandfather was, he would freak out about it. 
And I'd say, look, I've been, you know, this is what I do. It's a contract. But even when I was full-time somewhere, if I was there for a year, it would seem like ridiculous. And then that kind of grew to like two years and it was like three years and it was longer. And I'm not sure, you know, as, as an employer now, when I hire somebody in the back of my mind, I'm playing that game of, well, how long are they going to stay around? Because you have to invest a lot of time and energy and effort into that person when you hire somebody. And the smaller you are as a company, the more time and energy and, uh, and, and effort and trust you have to have or will have for that person. And of course, in a bigger company, then it kind of shifts to the more prominent of a role and the higher up uh, that person is. For the employer, I got to tell you, that sucks. Somebody who's only there for six months or a year, you don't really make back your investment on that person until I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's two, maybe, maybe it doesn't end. But, you know, as an employer, you put a lot of time and energy into trying to cultivate that person in that role and help them. I'm not just saying groom them for a certain position, but I'm saying like somebody comes there and you start to, if you're a, if you're a good employer, you start giving them responsibilities and letting them run on their, run on their own and, and flourish on their own. Now I'm not saying that an employee should feel obligated to stay somewhere just because they've only been there for X amount of time. But I feel like the mentality of people thinking, Oh, that was a neat project. I did that. I got bored. I went to this other thing. I did that. I got bored. I went to this third thing. Did that. Got bored. And then uh, whatever. Uh, that's not really professional. So um, where where do you draw the line between I did this thing until I got bored and went to the new place and you know and really feeling like you've put in enough time to make it to make it fair for everybody because you got to be fair to your boss too. Do yeah, you? definitely. Do you like if they're yeah. good boss? <laughs> No, not just because they're your boss. They're they're probably like they're uh, they gave you the opportunity to come work for them and 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 make money. Yeah. And I think if someone leaves within like six months or a year, that means something went wrong in the hiring process, either right. from the point of the employer or, or from the point of the employee. Maybe I don't know. It, that's interesting. But as an employee, you need to respect your employer and you need to do as good as a job as you can. Um, because like you said, like they, they invested in you. They went through the hassle of, of hiring you and you should show respect. And if you really think after a while, like this is not what I want to be doing, mm-hmm. um, talk to them, um, ask them about more opportunities, ask them to get more responsibility or maybe not. Like, um, I know people who don't care at all about responsibility. I know people who, who work a job that they'll be doing for the next 10 years. Um, and they'll be doing the same thing for the next 10 years. And then they don't care. They're more than happy with, uh, mm-hmm. with that. The, their, their lives uh, are about the hours they have left in the day after work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I respect that. That's, that's the choice uh, you make. But if you're in, in this industry, like things move fast. Um, yeah. I like that. All right. So uh, do you want to do some of these calls with me? We've got to maybe take a couple calls before we release you back to you. And you're actually at, in the Instagram offices right now. Is that correct? Yeah. On Facebook campus. You're on Facebook, in in the bowels of Facebook. Yes. And you were talking into your computer in a, in an office somewhere. I'm in the middle of a big empty space. Nice. They're remodeling something, whatever. When, When I was in San Francisco last time, I wanted to 
hang out with you. I wanted to somehow find a way up there, get a tour of the Facebook campus, hang out with you. Cause we hung out. We've only seen each other a couple times. I think last time it wasn't in, was in Austin or no, you were somewhere else. You always show up at weird places. Like you showed up, where, were you at XOXO or where, where yeah, were you? Yeah. Just show up. People don't know you're going to come. You don't even get tickets. You don't wear a name tag. You just show up. You're just walking around. People no, 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 hand, no. You, hand you stuff, hand you awards, get your that's, autograph, that's hand you a Slurpee. <laughs> so you just show up at places. I think that was one of the last places we saw you. And you're always wearing, you're, you're wearing like a hat and a t-shirt and a pair of shorts wherever you go. <laughs> So well, uh, hopefully I wear shorts or at least pants wherever I go. That you've got, by the way, you've got a doppelganger here. Did I, I tell did. you about that? No, that's fascinating. It would freaked me out. Hattie, you were it there. It was really weird because he, he really Cook, did. my account manager and producer here at Five by Five. Hi. He really <laughs> did look so much like it you. It was him. And the weird part was, is that Dan was looking at him, but he was also staring was very at me. intently like... Do I know him? Right. Everyone knows Dan Benjamin. No, I, no, no, they don't. And this is, but this is the way the guy's looking at me. I look at him like, almost like, and I say, Hattie, this is, it's Tim. We're at the, you know, we, we were at Houndstooth next to the taco deli. We were at eating lunch yeah. in the taco deli. He yeah, looked think, guilty. Like he didn't tell Dan that he was coming to Austin. Right. Like this is, this is basically <laughs> what happened. I see Tim walking up. And Tim does the, like, oh, crap. Oh, no, I, I didn't. Here I'm in Austin. Forgot. I didn't tell Dan I was going to be here. Maybe he won't see me. And he kind of ducked his hat down like this. And he had his sunglasses on. Yeah. And we were like, oh. And, I, and, and We're like, whatever, Tim. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Tim. So I, te- I sent you a text message. I'm like, are you in Austin? You're like, no, I'm at my desk in, you know, at work. I was like, oh. <laughs> so you <laughs> sure was that wasn't very you? weird. You sure you didn't wasn't get a photo of him? Well, no, that's just weird. It was bad <laughs> enough. I was staring at him so much. Cool, so you can't prove anything. No, I can't prove. Well, I have Hattie as proof. <laughs> I should have, yeah. I should have taken Hattie a photo. is corroborating the story. All right. So you're there. And what we do on the show, I know, you, I know you don't listen to the shows, Tim. It's all right. No, no one does. Uh, is that uh, we, we sometimes take calls from listeners. And, uh, and basically, we try to help them. And sometimes the, the listeners and the callers are completely insane. And other times they're regular people. And usually we delete the ones like from the final show that are insane. We just take them out so people don't have to endure it. And so it sounds like we have just these really amazing callers all the time. So I don't know. Sometimes we have a screener. I'm going to go unscreen today. And right. so what I do is I just hit the button. And, and you know what? We can both, we can tag, t- if you're up for it, we can tag team this. Do, do like maybe we'll take two or three calls. And, uh, and then, uh, so if you're on hold, we'll get to you. But no, no more calls. So let's take this one. He said they've been on hold for two hours. Hello? Hi, Dan. Hey, who's this? This is Phil. Uh, I emailed you a little earlier this week about getting freelance clients. Yeah. No, well, it's a good thing we got Tim on. Tim's done a heck of a lot of... Uh, are hey. you, uh, now, wait a minute. There's a couple Phils. Are you the, are you the, the Phil from Chicago? From Madison. Oh, okay. Different Phil. I got you here. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, yeah. I remember this one. You're young. You're a young dude. Yep, 22. 22 years young. All right. So what, what is your question? Summarize it and we will answer it. This is a good one, Tim. We're going to need you on this one. All right. And he's a Squarespace um, user. He, has, he uses Squarespace. Sponsor yeah. they. Uh, 
basically, I am starting up a, I guess, a face of a freelance company. And unlike a lot of the callers, I don't have a client pool to draw from. So I'm starting absolutely fresh with this. And I've tried uh, social media marketing and I have like three campaigns going to like flyers with my Squarespace and everything up, but I'm having trouble finding people that actually want to pay for my service. So have you, yeah, what go into more, a little more detail about what your service is. And then Tim can, this is all Tim. Ah, yes. Uh, I'm a freelance writer and editor, and I focus on uh, working with grad students, and then I also do like web content, writing blogs for people. Um, I have a, a job working as an editor at a, a local print shop, and then I also have like previous experience being a copywriter. But I, I like working with young entrepreneurs to help them promote their thing, because they may be good at engineering, but they might not be well, uh, very good at communicating with people. All right. So do you, uh, you currently still have your full-time job or are you already freelancing full-time? I, I haven't really done the whole freelancing thing before. Uh, mostly this is my first try at it and it's, I, I guess not going very well. I, I don't have paying clients. Mostly it's people I've contacted to work with them on their blogs just to build a resume. I mean, you pay, I got to just jump in here. You picked a tough one, man. It's not, I mean, being, being starting out, I'm not saying you can't do it. You've got good writing samples out there. You've contributed to some things. You've done some free work, which I think Tim would get upset at you for, because he says never do free work. Uh, no, I didn't say that. I thought you would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you don't have clients. You've been doing in-house work behind the scenes at all your other jobs. So you've got, it's not like you can call up a client and ask him to do this is, you picked something really tough and, and be, it's not like, it, it's not like you're Tim where you, Tim could go right now. Let's say nobody knew who he was. He's got all the skills and talents that he has right now. Right. But nobody knows who he is. He could go to dribble. He could upload something he's working on to dribble an image and that alone, that one image, and in no small part because of Dribble, that could get him big time attention. Because I'll tell you what, companies and people are looking at Dribble to find the talent. You don't really have that as a writer except getting published in something, right? Am I right, Tim? Yeah, or just having, having a good blog of your own, just showcasing what you're good at. You're going to not eat for, for a while, Phil. Because you've got to get, you have to do it, you, whether it's pro bono work or not. I'm not a fan of pro bono work, but I understand that sometimes you have to do it. But in order for you to get your name out there as a writer, why not go to all of the places that you'd like to write for? Let's make believe you want to write for Macworld. Email, you know, email Dan Morin or Jason Snell and say, I would like to write for you guys. I'm, I'm making this up. Maybe you're not obsessed with me. I'm obsessed with all things Apple, and I think I have a really great insight. You know, they pay freelance writers. Pick your favorite five magazines or five online magazines or publications and email them because you've got to get something published on your resume 
You've got to get something that's published. You've got to be published if this is the direction that you want to go. So that when you go and have okay. someone who, well, who, let me ask you this. What do you, like, if you could paint me a picture of where you're going to be in five years, what does your day look like in five years? You don't have to go into too much detail. And this is more a question for you. Are you writing, you, you know, the next great American novel? Are you writing a, uh, an article a week for, you know, for the LA Times? Are you a Macworld editor? Who are you? What are you? Are, are people hiring you to write for them for their advertising campaign? Like, I, I'm not even saying answer this now, but figure that out. Because it sounds to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, you don't kind of have that much of a plan right now. Um, not necessarily. I have an industry I would like to go into, but as to what exactly I plan to do in that industry, I'm not quite sure yet. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of need a plan. Um, like, what are you doing for money right now? Uh, I'm actually working at an organization within the university at a, a print shop there. So you have so a job. It, it in pays a... the bills and. Okay. But yeah. you have time on the evenings and weekends to do this free, this freelance writing thing that you want to do. Exactly. That's I mean, great. That that's a great opportunity. Yeah, that's you're doing it right by not having. I was afraid you were going to tell me like you don't have a job at all, and you're hoping to. But you're doing it right. You've just got to you've got to figure out where you want to be and what you want your life to look like. And if it's that certain industry, go after everybody in that industry and be completely honest about it. Tim, tell me if you disagree. Be no, I completely agree. Yeah, to go and say, I am a writer. Here's my degree. I want to get into this business and. You know, and here's samples of my work. I would really like to write. You know what? I'm going to, I'll pick on them. The Apple, you know, Macworld. Let's say you wanted to write for Macworld. Make a fake article or post an article on your own blog, that, the article you want to write. Your observations about iOS 7 and iconography in iOS 7. I'm just making this up. You know, the new icons in iOS 7 are great. They're not bad like everyone's saying and prove your point. And send that article to them and say, here's a sample of my writing. I think I have some things to say in your magazine that people might like. Do that with every single solitary uh, publication in the industry that you want to go to. And if you're good, if you can write, you've got a degree. If you can write, one of those people will say, yeah, you know what? We'll pay you 50 bucks to write an article. And you're not going to do it for the money. You're going to do it for getting published. And then the next time that you send out an email, you can say, yeah, my article was published in Macworld. They don't need to know that they only paid you 50 bucks to do it or whatever. But now you've got something on your resume. You're a published author. And then you do two of them. You, those both go on your resume. Then you do 10 of them. And now, you're, guess what? You're doing what you want to be doing. But you have to grow like that. And it's going to take a lot of time. Unlike Tim, people aren't just going to come to you. Right. Tim has to beat them off with a stick. <laughs> But it's not going to start that way. It may wind up being that way. But when you start out, you're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to go to them. You know, we, we have a lot of right. great adver advertisers and sponsors here on 5 by 5 We get a lot of great ones. That's because we have people working full time to find them and to keep them happy. You know, they, sometimes sponsors come to us, sure, but that's only step one. The rest of it's a lot of hard work and a lot of time keeping them happy and doing the kind of shows that that we hope are good. 
you're going to have to do that work. And the, the people who are going to pay you are those companies. So you're going to have to make them happy and do whatever you can to make them happy. So get out there and do it and keep your job until you're making money from this thing. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for the call. Good luck. Yeah. Thank you very much. I don't know. I kind of have two, Tim, I have two categories, people I'm worried about and people I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about him because he has a job. Yeah, exactly. Most of the people who call this show say, well, I just quit and uh, I don't have a job anymore, but I'm going to do this other thing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we should send it. Somebody in, uh, who was it? Didn't they email us? They made us these little name tags like you would get. Keith, Keith, someone or And uh, you know how, like if you went to, let's say Tim tonight, you're going to go to some like, you know, like a dribble meetup and someone was handing out little name tags for you. He, they made up these name tags to say, hello, my name is blank. And you can write your name. And underneath it, 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 there's two versions of it. One is blue. It says, Dan is not worried about me. And one is red. It says, Dan is worried about me. <laughs> I'm not worried about this guy because he was smart enough to keep his job. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He has the luxury of making money by day and then doing what he wants to do. Like, and, and just figuring out what he wants to do in, in the evening. It's a lot easier when you don't have kids, isn't it, Tim? Yeah, even with kids, you can make time. Like, they, they go to bed pretty early. Some of them. Find us. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. Do two more calls. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? This is Ryan from California. Hey, Ryan. How are you? Good, good. Good. Thanks for taking the call. Hey, sure. I, I'm the uh, guy who emailed you about the, uh, the the tattoos. I'm not calling about that, but just so you know the way in. Ryan, about the tattoos. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, the San Diego I, I tattoo think, guy. That's me. I got you. All right. That's me. So, anyway, I don't want to take you guys off the rails. but So, at other rate, uh, there are two ideas that you and Tim are talking about that I really like, that really resonated with me. I, I left my job about a year ago and moved uh, to, to uh, another job that I'm really, really enjoying. And the, the two ideas that you guys are talking about that I, I just love are, one, the value of staying um, until the time is right. And, and then the other is the, the piece about helping uh, other people. I, I knew that for me, the only way that I could get anybody around me to support moving to, towards a position I really wanted to do was if I got really good at what I was doing. I, I had to stay, not only because at the time I, I loved the job, but I had to learn and get good at what I was doing. And the other way that I did that is anytime I had a chance to help somebody else in an area I was interested in, I always did it. And what ended up happening is I kind of became known as the guy who helped in that area. And that wasn't necessarily my position, but it helped get me some credibility. And I feel like if I tried to leave during a time where I didn't have that credibility, I I just don't know if my chances would have been all that great. So I think both those videos are awesome. That's, that's really cool. That's really good to hear. Yeah. I think it's, you know, losing your job and bouncing back from that, you know, it, it, it seems like there's this, a lot of the people that I know are people, look, people like Tim, people who are really great designers or developers, you know, the, um, the Lone Star Ruby conference is going on right here in Austin right now. And they've got some amazing people speaking at this thing. And they've got some amazing people in the audience at this thing. And I used to have this joke when I would talk to Merlin, I'm back to work. I'd, he would give some advice about, oh, here's what you need to do. And I'd say, that's fine for Merlin. 
the implication being that he's, you know, he's some rock star that can just do what he wants. And I think that's the perception around people, you know, in the Ruby on Rails community, Tim himself, that, oh, the, these are people who could just walk in and, you know what, I felt like working at Dropbox. So I gave him a call and they, they set it up for me. Yeah. But you know how he got there? He didn't get there just by showing up one day. He got there by putting in the time, by doing the work and by having the skills to do it and to make it work. You don't just decide one day, I'm going to be a well-known designer. I'm going to be a Rails rock star, whatever. I'm going to have a podcast network. No, you put in the time and you have to put in a lot of time. And in my case, you have to fail a ton of times, tons and tons of times in order to succeed. Now, maybe I just did it the wrong way. It's, you know, maybe I'm just stupid and I had to fail a thousand times before I could succeed in any way once. But I think that's a common story. You know, so if you're willing to go out there and put yourself out there and uh, and 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 try these things and it's not like you shouldn't be afraid to fail. Like I'm always afraid to fail. But I'm also, you know, maybe smart enough to know that I I might. So if you're working hard to not fail, but you realize that, gosh, maybe I will, that's going to hopefully turn around and, and inspire you to do hard, to do better and to, to do your best job. And that's all anybody can do, right? Yeah, so. absolutely. I think, you know, my, my last thought is uh, I think sometimes we, we find our place, ourselves in places working where we wish that other people were a little bit more supportive, but... I, I, I find it more helpful to, for me, when I felt that way, I, I would just try and be that person who I wish there were more uh, 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 around. And I, I don't know, that that was therapeutic in a way. I mean, why waste the time worrying about it if, if you could just become that person? If more people thought like that, and you know, we, we, I think we probably have more places to work that were uh, just more supportive in general. Right. I think that's why it's important to know what you want to do and where you want to be going because there will always be one person supporting you and that's yourself. And if that's like, that's like the lowest level, if you're, if you're good with that, like, you know where you're going, uh, you know that you trust the direction you're taking. Uh, that's great. Like you're happy. And then if more people start supporting you even better. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. All right. Listen, thanks for the call. Good luck to you. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for taking the call, guys. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye. He's gone. We're going to do one more, Tim. You have time? Yeah. We're over. I told you 60 minutes. It's, we're at 65. Yeah, I need to pee, but I can do one more. All right. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do one more fast one. All right. Hang on. Let me get them on here. Sometimes Safari is nice. Sometimes it's not nice. Now it's being nice. Say you're on the air. Hey, Dan. It's Tom. Uh, calling from the UK. I uh, emailed you earlier on the week. I don't know if you call the email or not yet. Yeah, I just, I actually got it this morning. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. Just want to say first, uh, thanks for putting these shows out. They really do help and uh, enjoy listening to them every week. Um, but no, I just wanted to, it's a bit silly now because you've had a guy talking about writing, but I'm also a writer um, and uh, was going to ask a similar question. The only difference being that I'm uh, six years, that guy's senior and uh in slightly more need of uh, a better paying job. So it's really kind of what you told the other guy, but in a fast track way. Mm -hmm. So what, uh, Uh, I mean, what really, are you, are you fully, uh, are you fully gainfully employed now as a writer or what? Well, no, no, no. What, what it is, is, um, 
as I said, I'm email on on uh, uh, quantities of that, which is um, I think you guys know as a cost engineer, um, which is someone who basically works out how much buildings are going to cost, and it's it's a corporate do's job, you know, I can fluff it up as much as I like, but it's basically just a, right. a corporate do's job in 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 construction. Um, but now I started writing in my free time and, and doing it all the time and people sort of read bits that I'd, I'd written and said, oh, you, you know, you've got a talent for this. Why don't you sort of see what you can do? And, and I suppose that's what I've been doing. And, and it's, you know, I've enjoyed it more than anything I've done before, but it's, um, now you're the it's guy, you're very, the guy very who's, difficult. You're the one who was starting out trying, you were going to do HTML and CSS, you're going to do JavaScript, then you were going to right, right, try yeah. Ruby. And, and, I, and I did that for I did that for a bit, and, and it was okay, and it was pretty good. But I, I listened. I was listening to some back to work things, and I and I said, I heard. I think I heard Merlin say something like, "Look at what you've actually done successfully in the past twelve months." And all I could find, or what I saw, was the was the articles that I'd written in the last twelve months, just for my own personal um, benefit. Were the things that people were saying, you know, this is your strongest stuff, this is the best stuff. So I thought, well, you know, I enjoy the HTML, but why should I follow up with that when I've got people saying that this stuff I'm doing is great? You know, maybe I should listen to them and, and look into it because um, I've got a passion for it. But it's just, as I say, proving real hard to get some to get some proper money. I mean, there's plenty of content mills paying, you know, five, ten bucks an article. Um, but obviously, when you're trying to make a living off of it, that's just not enough. So what your goal then is, I'm, I'm looking at your email right now. You said that you, your goal is to raise your, I'm quoting you, raise my work to a standard that has clients coming to me for work as opposed to the other way around. I'm just not sure how to get there. Right, yeah. I mean, I'd like to be, you know, a columnist, staff writer, something like that eventually. How long have you been in the process of kind of trying to transition to this? Is this something you just started, you know, a, a well, month I've ago, been, a year I mean, ago? I've been writing for Writing a couple couple of years writing properly, um, but only in the past sort of few months really trying to seriously seriously chop my work out there and, and try and get some to get some paying paying customers and yeah, paying clients. Yeah, I mean it's tough, and you know what I like that you're talking about is that you're pursuing something that is something that you like, and I have a lot of respect for people who are able to identify that and then go after it. And uh, sure, it's yeah. it's funny, but you said uh, you say I'd never really given it much thought, and admittedly, I'd heard th- uh, that the terms writing and career are seldom seen in such close proximity. I, I know plenty of people yeah. who are writing, but most of the t- most of the people that I know who are writers, they're not writing in the sense of journalism. They're not writing in the sense of of you know writing something for a lot of people to read, especially not read for pleasure. They are generally. Yeah technical writers. These are people who are writing software documentation. They're writing manuals for, you know, for machinery. They're writing these inexplicably uh, complicated documents to help people use complicated equipment or software or whatever. And those are the, those jobs pay fairly well, but they're no different than the corporate stooge job that you're already in, except you maybe you're writing instead of doing some kind of quantity surveying or cost engineering. I don't know which yeah, would yeah. suck your soul faster. Um, but yeah. it's, it's tough. My degree, look, I've got an English degree. I have a writing degree and I never have done right. any, right. I've been published, but I've never had a full-time job as a writer. Never. Sure. Uh, so I, right. that hopefully isn't, you know, bad for you to hear, but yeah, no, definitely not. you know, that's just, that's just, been my particular situation. Anyway, Tim. Yes. What's this guy supposed to do? Because Tim's got to pee. 
Sorry. Who says I didn't go? Um, no, I think what you're doing is, is, is great. And like, if you, if you're ever at the point where you got enough cash to last you a couple of months, let's say you can like, you're, you, you won't work for a couple of months, but you still have enough cash in the bank and you have a list of people that are going to pay you to, to write. And if you have those two like safety nets, uh, I think that's the point where you need to decide like, okay, what do I want to do with, with my life? If you, if, if the answer to that is I want to start writing, like that's the point where where you take the jump and 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 you try it out, but it can take a long sure, time yeah. to get to that point. I do I do like that you're keeping your corporate stooge job. You yeah, know. I mean I'm not going to make any stupid decisions. I think it's uh, it's just I mean I do have a house and and um, I've got a great I've got a great girlfriend who's I mean she's she's the breadwinner right now. I mean, I'm, I'm on a much lower salary through just sort of keeping the stability. I'm sticking with the stability really. It's not, I'm certainly not staying there for a financial gain. Um, so, you know, it's good that I can earn this extra money on the side, but as I say, it's just such a small amount. And I think I've just, I really want to be able to make the jump at some point. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, it's trying to find a way of doing that. Um, because I, I was listening, sorry, I won't be too long. I mean, I know you're, um, you got to go, but I was listening to, um, Ellis Hamburger's interview with Mike over on um, on his show, and, and I think Ellis talks about how he you know he just read these tech blogs for a couple of years every day, and, mm-hmm. and he was finding that that's what he was getting into. And it's the same as me. I think I mean that's the only place I can assume my skill in writing has come from has been from reading this sort of news that I've been into for so long. And I think that's where my my main strengths are is in editorial and, and commentary on on that kind of stuff, um, which is why I've got these staff writer positions in mind for places like, uh, well, I mean, Aiming High, places like The Verge and, and stuff like that. So, um, but it's just there seems to be a middle ground, you know, where you you sort of go from the content mill stuff where you're doing SEO, which is almost, which I suppose is the corporate stooge equivalent of writing. <laughs> in writing, is is doing just SEO articles, right? Um, and then obviously you've got the top shots doing the verge stuff. But you know, it's just the middle ground. It's getting that, you know, earning just enough to break. Because as soon as I can earn the same as I'm earning in my in my main job, then I'll I'll definitely make the jump. Um, and 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 it's just getting to that bit. I think it's just a real tricky bit. Well, I mean, you know, the advice I think I gave to him is the, yeah, um, sure, I think, yeah. you know, it's, it's similar advice to you. And, and this is the advice I would give to anybody right, who's yeah. in that space, any space where you're starting out a freelance thing. It's the same advice yeah, well, that I, I went. I mean, that was great advice. Yeah. I mean, that's... well, this is the same advice I gave to, uh, Zuzu, Zuzu pedals on the last, uh, last episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and just you know, reach out to some of the big names on, you know, I guess there's nothing to lose with. with yeah, that. I mean, she had previous client work, and she could go back and call them. But this is this is the thing, and this I think is a, you know same advice that that you would get to any anybody is go out there and call these people, like call them. I yeah. want to do some work for you. I would like to work for you. Let me give me sure, a chance. Yeah. Guess what? I'm going to be cheap, but give me sure, a chance. Yeah. Hey, here's something I've written. Let me write. Let me write this kind of thing for you. You need help. Sell them. You got to be a salesperson, and then, right, uh, then yeah. you, you know you yeah, do. You, though, then. I've heard that, but uh, you really <laughs> do need to go out there, and you really do need to uh, to sell yourself. You need to get out there, and you need to, uh, to 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 put yourself in front of these people, or else they will not know that you're here. And I don't know ever if. That ends. I mean, at some point, right, yeah. 
you know, I, I do know a few authors who write for big time publications and they still have to pitch yeah. themselves from time to time. So it doesn't end, but, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Listen, I want you to call me but back. I mean, I'm happy with, I'm totally, I'm totally happy with the, the prospect of, you know, spending, um, as you, as you quite frequently say, you know, all the free time is times that you should be spent uh, looking for work. And I'm happy with that kind of lifestyle. I think it just, it was just knowing where to look, but I think the advice you gave earlier in the show is, is was, you know, that's real valuable. And I think that's probably where I'll head next is just get my work out there. And it's something I hadn't considered because I sort of felt like, well, you know, am I really good enough to be putting the work in the face of these people? And, and, and let them tell you, let, you know, let right them that, tell you, no, let them tell you you're, and yeah, sure. it'll suck to hear it but let them tell you you're not good enough don't go in there saying yeah. well i'm not yeah. good enough let them tell you right yeah all right well listen thanks exactly, very much for yeah. the call call me back in, a, in a, a little while let me know what happens to you okay i'm worried about you a little bit i will do thanks so much Dana. thanks right. again for putting these shows out thank you yeah man thanks for listening thank you. so tim yeah. where can people go to find out i know you get a pee where can people <laughs> go to find your stuff now, if they want to learn about you, because let's be honest, you don't update maxvoltar.com very much. No, I know. I should, but... Is it know. Twitter now? Is that the best place to find you? Yeah, I think uh, Twitter for just uh, random ramblings, uh, dribble for like what I'm working on, um, and, and I'll keep posting photos to Instagram. All right, I'm going to put all of these into the show notes, which again can be found at 5by5.tv slash quit slash 32. And I'm going to put all of the stuff for you, your Twitter, your blog, your, your dribble, everything will be in there. Max Voltar, one word, is usually the place to find you. Is that true? That's true. And that we don't have, probably shouldn't get into explaining what that is, yeah. but that's your alternate identity on the internet. Yeah, I'm not. Gonna, uh, I'm not going to tell the story behind it. That would ruin the mystery. Right. It's really a boring story. But that's. But that is you. So if you ever hear of Max Voltar, it's actually not a dude named Max Voltar. It's Tim. So Tim Van Dam, thank you very much for taking time out of your very busy day today. And, Thanks for uh, having me. And, and it's a privilege. I'm glad that PR cleared it. <laughs> and uh, I really do appreciate it. Please go check out uh, Tim's work. I guess we can still send them to go and look at Gowala. Why not go and look at uh, Instagram? And I uh, can't wait to see what you do over at Dropbox, man. Take care of yourself, all right? Thanks. I will. Have a good you one. Too. Thanks you for too. your time. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you know, when you got to pee, you got to pee. So you can follow me. I am Dan Benjamin on Twitter. I'm Dan on Alpha. Again, the 5by5.tv slash quit is the archive of all the shows that we do. If you would like to listen to the old shows, that's where you go. You can sign up for the newsletter by going to 5by5.tv slash quit slash newsletter. That is a quit-specific newsletter, and your tiny little donation of $3 a month goes directly to support the show and make it possible. It sure does help us out, and uh, we are cranking out the newsletters now on a regular basis. Food for thought coming out each week, helping you redefine your life and maybe not be a corporate stooge as much anymore. If you would like to, you can call and leave a voicemail. 512-222-8141 is a number for that. Leave me a voicemail. Maybe we'll listen to it playing on the air. 5x5.tv says contact. That's how you send me one of these many emails that the callers are frequently referencing to. And most of the time, if you send me an email and I think it's good, I'll reply and say, please call into the show. Because that's really what the show is about. Hattie Cook. She's uh, Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird on Twitter, right? Yep. 
and uh, you're on Alpha Addy H A D D I E. In case you want to follow her, her followers keep fluctuating. It's either six thousand or four thousand. That's no. it. <laughs> Don't get it. But anyway, that's it. That's all we got for you this week. Thanks again for listening in. I do need your feedback. I do need it, and I do need you to sign up for that newsletter and help us out. So thanks very much for your time this week, and uh, we will be back next week on Friday live at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. See you then.